Hey, everybody, this is AK, the podcast producer. Every now and then, Kevin and I will get into a conversation that I think could be its own podcast episode. Well, I'm going to present to you right now part two of Fuck Paul Feig. Enjoy. Okay, right, so, okay. Right back to the future, okay? Michael J. Fox, you, in fact, no one else could play him. That's why uh, Eric Stoltz was fired. Remember? Eric Stoltz was the original Marty McFly. He wasn't doing it right. And they fired him, and Michael J. Fox came in, like, filming Family Ties during the day and filming Back to the Future at night. If you ask Michael J. Fox what he thought about filming the movie, he doesn't remember it because he was half asleep the whole time he made Back to the Future. Yet, it is one of the greatest movies of all time because Michael J. Fox was definitely the only person in the motherfucking world half asleep that could play Marty McFly. He was the right guy to play Marty McFly, even though he was half asleep throughout the whole production. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, I, I get it. So, yeah, for Paul Feig to just go, like, a blanket statement, basically, before he even casts, before he even does anything, he goes, they all have to be women. For this new Ghostbusters reboot, before I look at any actor, I have to know that this is all women. The the whole cast of Ghostbusters has to be all women. Dude, that is not how you make a movie. You make a movie based on the right person to play the role. The right person to play that character. Because there's usually only one or two people that can do it. Uh, oh, it's like, oh, it's like saying only, uh, people who are left-handed. I'm only casting left-handed actors. And, and, uh, and, uh, that's it. And then only show me the left-handed actors. Alright. And I think, by the way, if he was so dead set on making the theme on all female Ghostbusters, why the fuck is he directing it? Why shouldn't it be why can't it be Kathleen Kennedy? Oh, uh, no, no, not Kathleen Kennedy, the other one. Uh, why can't it be a woman? Why can't it be a woman director? Huh? Why did, why did it have to be Paul Steve? It's not Kathleen Kennedy. I'm thinking about someone else. Um, oh, no, 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 I, I did it. Of... So it's like, if you were gonna do, if you were gonna have an all-female Ghostbusters, having a woman director, so at least, that might have fixed some of the the, the structural issues of the storyline. Catherine Bigelow. Why not have Catherine Bigelow directed? I, I got it wrong. I said Kathleen Kennedy. She's the producer of Star Wars. <laughs> okay, uh, and the new the new Star Wars movies. Uh, I fucked up. What I meant, who I meant was Catherine Bigelow. Okay, why not make in in a, in a twist in a turn of her career? Like, she usually directs, like, big-budget action movies. Why not make her just direct a, a, like, like, give her, well, not make her, but give her the opportunity to direct a comedy. And, like, Catherine Bigelow. Or, or, or the, uh, 
the director fucking like just yeah, a woman director, man. Why why did it, why did Paul Feig have to direct it? Isn't that kinda hypocritical? Uh yeah. yeah. I mean like yeah, no, he, yeah, he didn't have to Paul do it. <laughs> This should be an episode of this. Yeah, fuck you, Paul Feig. This is the episode. I hate Paul Feig. He's an asshole. Okay, how can you have an all-casted female cast of Ghostbusters and then, as a douchebag dick fuck, decide to direct it with your big fucking self, flailing penis? I mean, wasn't that the whole point? That doesn't that defeat the whole point? With that you're the penis director that's directing four women, it defeats the whole point. You, did you see Last Christmas? I probably haven't. Last Christmas. Amelia Clark, okay? She plays Daenerys on Game of Thrones. Okay? okay. She's hot. Okay, she's hot. And I was, like, excited because it's like, okay, Paul Feige decides to put, like, an Asian uh, male actor there. Well, hey, that's good, right? I, I'm looking forward to that. Because uh, representation, right? Okay. Right. They do the classic Hollywood thing, okay? Hollywood is so racist against Asian males. Okay, they are. They are, okay. They look, well, uh, they can diversify all they fucking want, okay? And I know as I'm saying this, Marvel has a new uh, Asian superhero with that new movie, that new Marvel movie. Uh, was it? Shang-Chi. Uh, Shang-Chi, right? Okay, right. I know as I'm saying this, okay, I'm probably going to be, like, wrong because, yeah, Shang-Chi is coming out. But at least in terms of, like, romantic male lead. Romantic male lead. In, like, romance movies. In romance movies, right? Mm-hmm. You'll never see a fucking Asian. You'll never see an Asian guy. Period. I thought that was the whole point of, um, uh, Crazy Rich Asian. Yeah, but it's alongside, okay, the counter to this, what you're saying, right? The counter argument to what you're saying, the counterpoint, is, it's an all Asian cat. Yeah, that happens all the time, okay? A a romance, okay, a a romance movie uh, is Asian-led, okay? Yeah, the Asian, like, the two Asian leads are going to hook up, okay? Male and female, the two, the Asian male and the Asian woman are going to hook up, right? Okay? Mm But, well, Hollywood can say screen diversity all they want, okay? Asian males will never, I repeat, will never be, and I fucking mean it, will never be the romantic lead in any, in any movie that has him alongside someone that's not Asian. The girl has to be Asian, man, or she has to be like, looks like Asian or something. Like, she has to look Latina or some shit like that. She has to be Latina or whatever. Like, you gotta guess what she is. Uh, she can't be full on, she can't be a white girl, that's for sure. 
Okay, that's the store. I mean, only one time. I only I only saw it once, and I, my 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 dick got hard. Okay, <laughs> fucking Harold and Kumar. What in Harold and Kumar? But again, it, she's Latino. I think she's like a, like a Latina a little bit. And uh, I think there was a scene with uh, John Cho and Cal Penn. Uh, they were kind of like, they, like Marilyn Ackerman. They have this funny little scene where they see her naked or topless. Uh, Marilyn Ackerman's character topless. And there was a kind of funny little scene. It was funny. But, like, they got to, like, see, like, uh, like and, and Marilyn Ackerman, you guys all know that she's blonde. But yeah, like you, here you got John Cho, who's a really good actor. Okay, really good actor. I love John Cho. And Cal Penn, he's a really good actor too. And like, you don't get to see them kiss like white girls, or you don't get to see them like, like or or anybody else. By the way, like black girls, white girls, whatever. It, it, it has to be that if it's an Asian guy, man, Asian man. If it's an Asian man in Hollywood, he has to hook up with someone that looks Asian. It's true. You know it's true. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's definitely like an ongoing uh, trope. Uh, I was going to say the closest I've seen is uh, not a movie, but in a TV show, Crazy Girlfriend, uh, for many seasons, there was her... her you know, the male lead, you know, the guy that she was pining over. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, a, good, that's a good show. That's a good show. You're right. Okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That, that and that's not a movie. That's just a TV show, you know, but it, and, and which makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was, like, based on the creator's life or something. But right. um, I think, I think. And so the creator made it that way. But, hey, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, it's like, it's. So, but I think it's no other Yeah, it's so rare. It's so rare. Okay. Um. Okay. Hollywood, if you're listening to this, I know I'm on to you. You will never cast an Asian man. An Asian male will never be the lead in your romantic movie ever. It's not if the actress is like not. Sassy has to be Asian for it to happen. If she's not Asian, it's not going to happen. If she's white, if she's black, if she's uh, Latino, uh, whatever. If she's Latina, yeah, you're not going to see the male lead be uh, Asian. You'll either see him be white or black or Latino. Like, Hollywood hates Asian males. Males. They love Asian women. They love Asian women. But they hate Asian males. They fucking hate Asian males. Especially in romantic leads. Uh, no, no, no. Not that they hate, okay, they don't hate Asian males. They like Asian males in other things. In other things. But they don't like Asian males in romantic leads. They don't. I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch the whole movie through. I've seen parts of it here and there. But did Jet Lee kiss Aaliyah in Romeo Must Die? Ooh, I don't remember. Maybe, okay. but I, I, I feel like that. That maybe, it, maybe that didn't happen. 
didn't want it to? Of course he wanted to. Of course. It's Aaliyah. She's fucking hot. Okay, Paul Feast directs Last Christmas. And I'm all excited because it's like an Asian male lead in this romantic comedy, and it's alongside Amelia Clark, who's hot as hell. And I'm, okay, I think they did kiss, okay, just in his, in Paul Feast's defense, they did kiss, but do you want me to spoil the movie for you? Yeah, spoil the movie. It didn't even count, because it turns out he was a ghost. So he didn't even exist. Because <laughs> that's all the worst. Albeit, I'll say that uh, the, the Asian guy doesn't end up with the girl at the end either in this movie, even though he was, like, flirting with her throughout the whole movie. They, they, they totally had great chemistry. They were flirting with each other the whole time, but yeah, he was at the end. Paul Feig has to throw his Paul Feig signature and decide and put and tack it on at the end of the movie and make the whole movie invalid by turning by just saying that the Asian guy that you've been watching this whole hour and a half was indeed a ghost. In fact, a ghost. So, yeah, just look at everything you've been watching for the last hour and a half. It was completely pointless. That's what Paul Steve does. He ruins movies with his little signature moves. So that was his signature move in Last Christmas, to make the, 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 the guy that we've been watching her fall in love with the whole hour and a half to make him a ghost at the end. Okay? Okay? Okay, and don't say it's the screenwriter. The, the thing is, like, Paul Feig is the director. He could change the ending if he wanted to. I, I, you know what, you, like, when you're talking about what, it, what would have been a better Ghostbusters movie, I was thinking about what would have actually been a really good Bill Murray movie. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, do you remember Bill Murray's involvement with the Wu-Tang Clan? No, I don't remember that. I've never oh heard my God! This is such a good story. Okay, uh, do you remember hearing about the about the the um, the, the the hedge fund guy Martin Scarelli? Okay. Okay. So Martin Scarelli, uh, just like a, a pharmaceutical CEO, and he raised the the price of like AIDS AIDS medication from like seven dollars to like seventy dollars for no reason other than like. It was just like, yeah, we'll make more profit over the thing that people have to have to buy. So people already hated him from that. Okay, so this is before NFTs were ever a thing. And the Wu-Tang uh, created an album, and there was only one copy of it, and it uh, and so the price tag was $2 million, right? And if you bought it, you could do whatever you wanted with it. You could uh, release it for free. You could, you know, whatever you wanted. That, that was the price of this one-off, one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang album that didn't exist anywhere else. So, some money moved back and forth. There was bids for it. You know, people were, were trying to get a little piece of it. And the winning bid was Martin Scarelli. And he, he, he won. He bought this $2 million one-off Wu-Tang Clan album. 
But there was some weird clause in there where for some, like, it's like certain things lined up. Bill Murray specifically by name would, could take the album back or steal the album back. Like, it's such a crazy thing to have, like, why the Wu-Tang Clan would name Bill Murray as the person who could get this album back. And I'm like, like the whole, like, yeah, no, no, not like a benefactor. It was just like, if there was ever a disagreement with, like, or it was ever in question, like, who should, who really should have this album, then Bill Murray could come in and take the album away from the winning bid. What is Wu-Tang's love for Bill Murray, then? Exactly. I have no clue, but, like, that should be a damn movie. Bill Murray heisting Wu-Tang's $2 million uh, album back from Martin Scarelli. So, Bill Murray has an NFT? No, no, no. This was before NFTs were ever a thing, because this was, like, five years ago. Okay. But it's kind of, it was kind of like a fungible, a, non, a, a non-fungible. Right, yeah, it's the equivalent of that, so where they say? literally went to the studio, they, they recorded a whole album, they pressed one copy of it, and then they sealed it in like this over-the-top elaborate box. And that was also one of a kind. And so, yeah, if you had the money, it was like this dating war. So if you had the money, you would have won this one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang only, only copy ever exists album, and this one of a kind only exists like container box. Okay, now that Bill Murray owns it, this one single copy of the of the the legit the the only real legitimate press copy, has he released any of the music off of it or no? No, no, and actually, right now, I have no idea where this album is because. You know, Scarelli, he got in trouble, like, after he's basically trying to be this pharmaceutical douchebag, and he got the Wu-Tang album. People really hated him. So then, like, the feds came in and went to look at, like, all his records, and then they seized a bunch of, like, his property. So I have no idea. I mean, I have to do some digging, but I have no idea, like, where this album actually is in the world right now. Yeah, Bill Murray's a strange dude. Uh, from what I've, I've watched in documentaries, like, I watched, I watched half of one of the documentaries about him. It was like some fan wrote about, like, how Bill Murray, I mean, not wrote, but made a movie about how Bill Murray has this hotline where if anybody could call him to be in a movie, if they know the number to the hotline, it's like a phone number, and it's like yeah, a very yeah, 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 remember, Bill Murray is a comedian first. Well, of course, yeah. So you're saying that's one of his comedian quirks? Yeah, it's just like he's like you know it'd be funny if I made a secret hotline. And if you happen to, if you went through all the hoops to figure out what this number is, then, and you asked him to be in the movie, then yeah, I'll do it because you, you put the work in to like really. You know about this hotline? You know about this hotline I'm talking about? No, but I, I, I'm not surprised that it exists. Okay, okay, it's a secret phone number that you get from like, like just, you have to like really ask people that know Bill, okay? 
and you get the phone number and you call it, he never picks it. Like, he never picks it up. He never picks it up. It's like an answering machine. And you, on the answering machine, you tell him what your movie is about, what, what film movie, uh, like what film project you want him to be a part of, uh, what your, your movie's about, and, and how, what his character might be, and you just leave, or whatever, you pitch him. You just pitch him your movie, or your idea, or your project. And you leave it on his answering machine, and he may or may not call you back about it. <laughs> That's hilarious. He may or may not call you back about it. And some people, I, he's actually called some people back and actually acted in their movies. That's I think, hilarious. I think, That's perfect. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think so, Sophia Coppola, she got him to be in uh, in the movie Lost in Translation with Scarlett Johansson. That's funny. And That's really like, funny. That, yeah, and that, like, he went to, like, this house party once and went and just hung out with just random people in a house party. And then at the end of the night, he did their dishes and he went home. <laughs> That's great. That's amazing. That, that, listen, here's the thing. You're Bill Murray. What do you have to do with your time? Other than just go around and create folklore about yourself. Yeah, you know what? Okay, so I'm thinking, I'm watching uh, the movies that made us on Netflix, and they were talking about how, okay, Dan Aykroyd wrote Ghostbusters, and, like, he knew that he wanted Bill Murray in there. And that, that on the day that they were about to film, like, the first day of like filming, the first day they were going to film, they weren't sure if Bill Murray would show up. <laughs> it's just so, so weird, man. And I, I was thinking, like, as a kid, I was thinking, oh, of course they would be in a movie together. They were both on Saturday Night Live. Of course they would be in a movie together. But I'm, I'm finding out from this new Netflix movie series that that was totally not the case. Like, Dan Aykroyd wrote a Ghostbuster to, for Bill Murray to play. He, he called up Bill and said, you got the part. And Bill's like, okay, I'll be there. But then on the day that they were, the first day that they were about to film, there was a lot of doubt whether he would actually show up. Now, he did, but there was the reason why they doubted whether he would show up or not was because he never called he never said I'm I'm coming I'm coming. He never he never called them to tell them that like like actually called him like a year before or something. <laughs> so, so like they they just kept like I guess they kept like backing himself like okay we're gonna film today we're gonna film just be there but he never like backed them back. But imagine it's like you're telling someone to meet you somewhere and like they never, and then like you, but you said it like a month ago. Like let's say if I call you up and I go, hey, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet you at, uh, fucking Papa John's. Okay, I'm gonna meet you at Papa John's or I'm gonna meet you at, uh, I'm gonna meet you at, at Dave and Buster's. I'm gonna meet you at Dave and Buster's. And, but I called you a month ago. And I, and I say, oh, we'll meet 
in October, uh, we'll meet on Halloween. And you never hear from me until I show up at Dave and Buster's at 4 p.m. on Halloween. <laughs> I never, like, called to confirm. Like, that's what I'm saying. Bill Murray never called or faxed or, like, anything to confirm. If anyone's going to take anything from this conversation, is that, fuck Paul Cage. He ruined Ghostbusters. Okay, if I directed Ghostbusters, again, it would be that uh, after Ghostbusters 2, the city of New York sued the crap out of, sued the shit out of Ghostbusters. They all went out of business, and then there's a, a new uh, a new team, and that team would be, okay, this is my dream Ghostbusters team. Kevin Hart, Amy Schumer, Paul Rudd, and Zach Galifianakis. That would be a nightmare. And I mean specifically with Zach Galifianakis. Absolute. That would be an absolute turd. And you know Zach Galifianakis would do more of those. <laughs> he'd be in uh, the reboot, and then he'd be in the sequel to the reboot. I mean, he would do like five of them. Yeah, I know that's kind that of the problem, because he would just go in and just play himself. Yeah, that's all, that's all you need. Gosh, the physical comedy that he would be able to bring to that. Both him and Kevin Hart, their physical comedy, oh my God. And and Paul Rush, uh he would be the kind of like the, the like fucking straight man. He'd be like the deadpan guy, but still funny. And and Amy Schumer, oh my gosh, Amy Schumer would be hilarious in it. I guess, okay, okay. The only the only role that I could see Zach Galifianakis playing would be uh, like a Rick Moranis. Like if he if he couldn't be a Ghostbusters, but if he played like a Rick Moranis type character. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I would yeah. I would let that slide. Okay, yeah, okay, we could let that happen too. <laughs> but yeah, uh, basically, uh, Zach Galifianakis has to be in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> in one way or another. For whatever it was. Ghostbusters, why it means so much to me is because I really think that Ghostbusters is a comedian's movie. Okay, I'll give you that. 